0: Checked by Murphy, Murphy starts the rush, he hits Hunter, he's in alone, a shot and a goal!
1: Juno finds Bellows, here's Bellows sweeping in, hush it down, loose hook and score, Joey Juno scores the goal, and the Capitals are headed to the Stanley Cup Final. And now Kuznetsov right half, 7.20 to go, Kuzi with a move to the front, a shot, he holds and it's gone.
0: Back to Jay Radio. I'm your host Adam Striegel, and today I'm happy to be joined by Russian Machine Never Breaks contributor Patrick Holden and my good co-host and friend Stephen Pepper. Uh, how are you doing, Pat? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Stephen, it's been a while, man. I'm glad we get to record another episode. I hope you're uh, doing well.
2: Yeah, it's great to be in the meat of the preseason now after a long summer.
0: Yeah, and like a meaty preseason is still like a very very you know not filling meal, but that's all right. That's uh, it is what it is. Let's talk a little bit about what has been interesting this uh, preseason. Our listeners probably have heard it the last couple days. Um, I had Isabel Krushudin on to talk about it a bit, but I want to get your guys' take, uh, especially on the defense, because I think that's really the most interesting battle of camp. Um, so, Pat, what are your really overall thoughts? I thought you had a pretty interesting point on uh, Twitter yesterday, where you actually liked uh, Lucas Johansson, and I, I kind of I haven't so far. So, what, what makes you like him, and uh, what are your overall thoughts?
1: Um I I was just impressed by his skating ability and kind of his de- his decision making with the puck. Um by no means did I think that he looked as if he should make the team uh at his age with 19 uh, you, you got to blow people away to make a team uh at that age just because playing 82 games is uh you know a lot different than looking okay in a couple of preseason games. Um but I was impressed by him. I you know I didn't expect to um be as impressed by him as i was given that he's 19 but i would think if he can continue to progress like next year he will challenge for a roster spot i think because i think he already kind of made some noise this year at 19 um and given the way he can skate and the way he makes decisions with the puck and uh can kind of hit guys in stride with passes all things that defensemen in today's nhl can do i i think he's uh i'm I'm more excited for his future uh, on the team than I was before this preseason.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, I guess I just kind of bought into the hype because Brian McClellan was talking him up so much during the summer um, that I kind of was hoping to see a bit more from him. Uh, I personally thought he looked pretty outclassed. But, Stephen, what did, uh, what did you think from the young 19-year-old?
2: Um, I mean, I didn't watch him too carefully, but I do feel like I got caught up in the hype a little bit too. I think that it bodes well for the future. I didn't really think that he was in any way going to have a high likelihood of making the team. That's a roundabout way of uh, putting it. But I, I like the fact that he's in the stable and that he showed some flash and some poise. And so, you know, like, I think... And many outlets, and and some of the stuff we talked about, and you've talked about with with uh, Isabel, as well. That this is going to be something in flux, just because Johansson is not uh, Johansson. Sorry, is not going to be uh, at Capitals camp now. Doesn't mean that he might not get a. Get a taste of NHL action in January or February, or go on one of those trips where uh, Trotz likes to reward guys and keep them on the bench for a roadie or something like that. So, I mean, I'm I'm impressed that he's more, I guess, higher on the depth chart than than maybe I had thought when he was drafted. You know, but soon after he was drafted.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Capitals loss in the expansion draft. Definitely, um, really elevated. Uh, Johansson just because they needed another left-handed D so um, it's kind of be interesting to see where it goes and and really that second left-handed D spot now seems to either belong to Aaron Ness or Christian Juice. Uh, Pat what are your thoughts on those two guys? Um, I actually
1: think Ness I, I haven't been overly impressed with Ness in what I've seen with him when he's been up with the Caps you know I mean I think it's you know 10 games over a two season <laughs> span or something and I've I've seen a little bit of him at Hershey. I don't catch a lot of the Bears, and I've never been overly impressed by him. But I thought I think what I've seen of him in the preseason, he's looked really good. Um, kind of he was kind of an afterthought for me coming into camp, I think, but now having seen him in a few preseason games, I think at this point he might be the front runner for that second. Um, the second lefty spot next to Carlson. Um, and he did pra- I think he practiced next to Carlson today as well. Um, but yeah, I came, I've come away a lot more impressed with Ness than I expected to be. Um, and juice I think has been, has been fine. I haven't, um, seen anything that's really troubled me with him and I haven't really seen anything that made me go, Oh, it makes sense why this guy put up so many points in the AHL last year. Um, but as of now, um, I like more what I've seen from Ness than Juice, but obviously uh, Juice is a lot younger um, and has shown at the AHL to be a more complete player, I think. if that, I don't know if that's the right word, but his point total is clearly put to shame, I think, what Ness has done in Hershey.
0: Now, the question is, do you think you'd weigh those point values high enough to um, kind of overlook some of the things that people might say he's lacking, uh, namely being size? Uh, I guess I'll go back to Pat real fast, and I'll see what you've got to say. Stephen um i mean it's it's something to consider but i don't think it's
1: one i don't think it's a thing that you can consider uh you can make like a total mark against him rule him out just because of his size i think in his first preseason game i noticed him definitely get muscled off a few pucks but i've seen that happen to guys a lot bigger than him too and you got to consider the whole picture when looking at him not just his size
0: steve what do you think
2: well, I mean Aaron Ness is kind of a known quantity. So he's got some NHL experience. He had a pretty long tour with the Islanders a few seasons back. He played in some injury fill-in roles for the Caps last year. Um and uh I believe the year before. Uh but you know, he's one that's you what you see is what you get. He is a good skater. He makes some sound con- conservative but sound decisions. Um, and would probably be the type of guy you would think a Barry Trotz would want to start the season, unless Christian Hughes really uh, really shows that he deserves the spot from day one, which, you know, that's been an area where, and the defense is one, you know, we've, we've focused in on it here, and it's been a focus all camp. And, and I really feel like while it's preseason and we're seeing the team play against uh, AHLers, Recent draft picks, half and half as far as NHL regulars. That this is this is really uh, go time for these guys that are playing for jobs. And I, I haven't, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of that. Um, but you know, it's hard to say. Maybe it just takes uh, uh, a guy like you some time to get um, get up to NHL speed and. Uh, you know, Maybe there's some nuances to it that that make him maybe more suited than Ness because he's got a higher upside. But I have a feeling that Ness is the guy who starts the season just because uh, he's someone that Trotz might trust more. Um, I, it makes me think about the recent episode you did with Rob Volman where you asked him about how people think that Barry Trotz is loath to put young guys in uh key roles and that he is somewhere in the average to low average as far as nhl head coaches go at doing that so um you know maybe we'll see juice start the season but i don't know that i've seen a whole lot i mean it's kind of been unimpressive maybe in the way the coach thinks that way too that that the the younger guys have not really uh stood out on the back end
0: yeah you know i don't really think they've stood out too much either Stephen. um I think I was kind of hoping to see someone kind of more take the reins and run with it, and uh, I don't think we've seen that yet. So, um, you know, the guy who I think's played best hasn't really got a whole lot of time at all, and that's uh, Madison Bowie. Um, and he wasn't a guy that I was really had that high expectations for this year just because I didn't think he really showed any progression uh, during last year in the AHL. But, uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on Bowie?
1: Um, similar to you, I was a little... Skeptical of his chances to make the team given the year he had last year. It wasn't like he was beaten down the door by the end of the year in the HL, but, uh, also similar to you, Adam. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I think he's looked good and I think he's gonna get real consideration for that third spot on the right side, uh, next to orpic And yeah, I would say out of all the guys vying for a spot, um, He's impressed me as much as anybody, and probably the most. I mean, the left side, nobody stood up and really um, taken the reins and taken charge, like Stephen was alluding to. But on the right side, I, th- I think Bowie Bowie's looked pretty solid. And uh, I'll say his name right, you know, five times out of ten probably. Um, but I, th- I think he's looked solid, and I'm definitely more confident in his ability to play some third pairing minutes than I was um, at the you know the end of last year and the beginning of camp.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's great to have some more confidence in these young guys and uh Bowie's definitely been one of the better ones recently. So, um I don't know, Stephen. What what else really stood out to you among these these young players? Anything on the back end? I mean, I know we're not that far into camp, but uh we're far enough to start having some thoughts.
2: Well, just one thought on Bowie that he he did seem to make some some rather uh, high-end and impressive plays on the breakout and, and transitioning to offense that is something you need and maybe uh, not so much on the third pairing, but you know, if he's going to be in the top six, you want him to show some of that uh, transition game and not just be one to 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 clear the crease and and move the puck around the corners and not really contribute all that much offensively, I think they expect a lot from him on that front. But he'll, um, I I think it bodes well for him because he can be paired with orpic as uh, Pat mentioned today. Uh, some of the 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 pairings that orpic was with Bowie and that if Bowie doesn't perform so well in that role, well, Chorney's there to fill in and play with Brooks orpic So it's a little bit easier, I think, or maybe more palatable for the coaching staff to put Bowie in that position because it's a sort of a lower risk, um, whereas having him in the top four, like we've been talking about Aaron Nass versus Christian Dewis is is a tougher call.
0: Yeah, it's, it. there are a lot of things that are a bit tougher to call, and I, I guess Schmidt doesn't really, not Schmidt, I'm sorry, Bowie doesn't really have the kind of competition <laughs> that uh, that the guys on the left side do. Um, I, I, know there were some interesting line combinations that came out today and, and I know Pat, you've been a little worried about seeing Jakob Ron on the second line and it, lo and behold, it looks like the Capitals have decided to give him some time on the third, um, unit. Well, what are your overall thoughts on kind of what the Capitals might be, do- may or may not be doing with these line combinations? Um, I
1: really like what they're doing with, I think what's being called the first line, the Backstrom, Burakovsky, and Oshie line. um. I think that line will be able to play with anybody in the league. I think you can put them out against the top line of the opponents. and I think they'll be able to outplay them, outscore them. I like that line a lot. Um, the Verona thing, uh, it partially has to do with, um, like you said, me worrying about <laughs> his uh, the defensive capabilities of the line with him and Kuznetsov and Ovechkin as Verona's learning the NHL game. Um, but it also has to do with the third line. I think the third line... Um, With Connelly and Wilson, if you put them there, I think uh, lacks a certain offensive flair. Whereas if you um, bump a guy up like Connelly or Wilson, um, it can give the second line a little bit more stability defensively, maybe. Um, And if Verona goes down, I think it can give the third line a little bit more um, offensive firepower. So I think it's like a a win-win or win-win-win, as Michael Scott would say, uh, by putting Verona down on the third line.
0: Yeah, we want to see teams separate their talent. Uh, you know, there's that research out there now about that really being the right way to go. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm a little hesitant. Uh, I mean, I guess Brett Connolly's is looking like a guy in the second line right now. And um, Connolly was a guy who was riding the pine pony in uh, the playoffs last year. So uh, I'm not really sure what's made them change their tune, but... We'll, we'll see if that holds steven what do you think about the combinations and, and maybe a bit more about uh, the play of Jakub varana
2: yeah i agree with the idea about splitting up the or spreading out rather the offense a little bit um i, I feel like the brett Connolly on the second line experiment is maybe an insurance policy in case varana doesn't work out on that line with the aforementioned and the perhaps lack of a defensive game were one yet to be seen and you know, it reminds me a little bit of several years back when people used to talk about how Eric Fair had such limited ice time but got a lot of production out of it. And so Brett Connolly similarly in very few minutes was able to put up 15 goals. And so maybe with these, with more minutes and on the second line, he's going to uh, proportionally perform better and make up some of those goals that were lost to uh, the loss from uh, Justin Williams and Marcus Johansson departing. And Verona, you know, we don't know what we're going to see from him, neither does the coaching staff along a, an NHL schedule. So it might be an insurance policy. And I think that Connolly has shown enough to see what he can do at a higher level, uh, or rather at a higher line, more consistency up there. And Verona will just have to I mean, you remember Berakovsky was on the fourth line when he first uh, <laughs> made a tour, and, and Kuznetsov as well had to sort of work his way up, so maybe Trotz is going to take that approach and give him the taste of second-line duty, but not put him out there to start the season.
0: Well, Berakovsky was able to tally in his NHL debut, and Kuznetsov's debut was at the end of Adam Oates' uh, rather d- disastrous tenure. So, Ouch! Uh, I, li- I think <laughs> I'd like to see uh, Verona given a bit more opportunity. I thought he looked okay when he was up with the caps last year and i thought he was uh exceptional on the power play um, besides that I'm, I'm not as sure but um on the power play i thought he definitely looked good um guys there aren't a lot of whole other real positions up for grabs besides the fourth line and uh more and more every day i sort of think that there's a chance alex Chason's going to be a who, guy who's going to make the team pat what do you think about him um it- I
1: think that he's his NHL experience and, you know, he scored 12 goals last year and there he's coming into a team that's injecting a lot of guys without NHL experience into the lineup. And, um, uh, like we talked about earlier, trots is kind of a guy who I, I do think he, uh, gets given a harder time than deserved with putting young players into the lineup. But at the same time, there, there is some, um, hesitation on his part. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he made the team if they gave him a contract just based off of uh, his NHL experience um, and the lack of depth on the right side without Williams there. Um, and I, you know, it, it, he's about what I expected to see from him. He looks like a guy who would be fine in a bottom six role. I don't know if necessarily he's going to be. Any better than a lot of the other options there, but uh, I think the experience factor will uh, could possibly be the thing that um, gives him the edge and gets him a contract.
0: Now, Stephen, I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, On's fine and all, but the only guy who I think's a lock in that top or bottom six that did not have a contract, uh, you know, or hadn't been playing in the NHL last year is Nathan Walker. Uh, what have you kind of thought about his play so far?
2: Well. It's- similar to what I said about the defense he really has taken charge and considered this his I mean that first preseason game it was like his game seven and and he really showed it and he really performed well and he's done everything that's been asked of him and more so you know I'm hoping that um and there, there have been a lot of comments uh particularly from the head coach about um uh how when camp started that Liam O'Brien was a guy who was sort of wasn't expected to make the team and really impressed and ended up making the roster and played 13 games. Nathan Walker came in with a little bit higher expectations. I I hope he lasts more than 13 games. I'm a little bit skeptical at the same time that I think his play has been great of being able to keep up that high level over the course of the season, but he's done everything that's been asked of him. And so, uh, you know, size maybe is a little bit of a concern, but he's, he's outperformed his size, I think. And, um I, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what he can do uh, you know, over a tough road trip or some back to back games. And um, you know, I hope he keeps it up. But I think that I think that he's all but a lock to make uh the fourth line at this point.
0: What do you think about Walker? Uh Pat? Yeah, I think he's looked great. Um I think just
1: like Steven said, he's come in and <laughs> kinda taken the bull by the horn, so to speak, and uh, I think think he's pretty much a lock to make the fourth line. I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't start the season um, with the team and also on the fourth line, given uh, the way that they talked about him before camp and
0: given the way that he's played. So who do you think is the uh, other guy to kind of round out that bottom?
2: Um, You know, I'm going to say Smith-Pelly. I think that he's... Uh, again, there's the experience factor there's that he's done it for stretches at the NHL level that he's got a little bit of, he he's shown, uh, sort of a bigger toolbox than some of the others out there. I mean, Graovac, Tyler Graovac has played well in what one preseason game and, you know, he wears 91. So that's, uh, it's a a tough, uh, it's a tough Jersey to fill. Um, but I, you know, size wise, he does it uh i just don't i mean he came out of nowhere at least in my mind so i don't know that that stays that sticks rather and the rest of the guys in contention i mean chandler stevenson i I, i'm a little bit puzzled uh, by the talk about him um it feels somewhat like wishful thinking that uh that the organization seems really bullish on him i i just don't i don't know what they see um the other guys I I just don't I don't know. I mean, unless there's some injuries, but just to make this make the team out of camp, uh, I'm gonna go with Smith Pelley.
0: Man, I hope it's not Smith Pelly, but what are your thoughts, Pat?
1: I think it's gonna be Smith Pelly as well. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, I I, th- I mean I th- I think chances are the fourth line will probably be Walker, Beagle, and Smith Pelly and then uh probably either Chase on or Grailak in uh the- uh, and maybe Stevenson, but I don't think he's done anything to earn it as a 13th forward. But, yeah, I think I think Smith-Pelly's going to make the team, and I think he's probably going to be in the opening night lineup. Tell
2: us why, String. Why no love for DSP?
0: He's just not that good, guys. I mean, I'd rather see a young player kind of start to make his mark in the NHL and give him a shot than, than waste it on a veteran who hasn't really been able to do anything at the NHL level. When he, You know, he's had his chance, and he's... Uh, the Capitals have enough grinders on their team. I don't think they need any more. Okay.
2: Uh, All right, wait a minute, wait a minute, though. So which other guy has the upside that you'd want to see?
0: I'm okay with seeing Stevenson play. I think he's not He's not great, or maybe see Boyd, you know? Uh, All right. One of these guys, I think, is worthy of consideration. Um, so that's, that's my hope. But uh, you guys may be right. We shall see. Um, Pat... Uh, I, I know you're just a guy full of thoughts on, on capitals and line combinations and all this other stuff. <laughs> and we've, we've already talked a little bit about the various line combinations, but um, you talked about really liking the first line. What about it do you like uh, besides their success in that very small time together at the end of the postseason last year? Uh, you took away my first bullet point there, Adam. Um, don't want to make it too <laughs> easy for you. I, th- I
1: think um, the Burkovsky and... Backstrom combination has been awesome when they've gotten the chance to play together. Um, Last year at the beginning of the season, the Burakovsky-Backstrom-Marcus Johansson line, I wish they'd stayed with that all year. I mean, they were just out there playing, uh, taking the tough assignments against the top lines, taking more defensive zone draws than anybody, and I I think they they had like 60% possession, you know, in shot attempts, and they broke them up, and... I've always, so I've always liked Burkowski and Backstrom together for that, um, because of that, um, and I think of all the people on the roster, especially when you look at right wings, I think when you want a line that can kind of carry a heavy load, but also, um, produce offensively, I think Oshie's naturally the best fit there.
0: Yeah, you know, with, uh. The loss of Mojo, I think uh, Marcus Johansson, it's definitely the best possible combination uh, for them. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of it for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, and um, I'm kind of sad that um, they've lost the third uh, crown of that Trey Cronor line, which I, I really <laughs> thought w- w- could have been an exceptional line uh, for the whole season. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting year because we have to see Burakovsky grow with these elevated minutes. Uh, Stephen, what are your kind of thoughts on the lines? And uh, I know that we've kind of now circled back on this, but um, I am really am curious to see what you think about the different compositions and kind of what the Capitals are trying to get from each of their different lines.
2: Well, I mean, I agree with the idea that Burakovsky really needs to get uh, his game to the the next level, and the organization needs the next level out of him. So being on the top line and... uh, and you can't can't argue with that small sample size in the postseason other than it's a small sample size in the postseason. But it was a good one, and it's a great harbinger of things to come, and you really need that if the team is going to be successful. Um, and it sort of meshes well with the idea of Ovechkin not carrying the load so much, and he's a second-line left-winger now, and he's not going to be expected to do – what may have been expected of him in the past, and Burakovsky's got to be the guy because Netzov's got to be the guy. Um, so I like it, and it's uh, just that second line that we've been talking about that is going to be interesting to see because it's it's got to be a, it's got to be a top scoring line in order for um, the team to be e- even close to as successful as it was last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Capitals have a lot of offense they have to make up for, and uh, so far that's been a bit of a struggle during the preseason. Pat, what have you thought, I mean, again, it's preseason, but what have you thought about the overall lack of offense so far from the Capitals?
1: Um, I, I don't know necessarily that my concerns about the team are going to be swayed too far one way or the other based off of the preseason games. Um, I think the team might struggled to produce offense this year um i think the top six is pretty set but this is a team that got a lot of production from the bottom six last year um and i think that uh i don't i don't think that they will get that kind of production this year and i also think they're going to struggle um because of the lack of depth on the blue line um i think their transition game might struggle um so yeah i you know i'm i'm concerned about the team's uh offensive firepower I guess relative to last season <laughs> you know which is to say against you know one of the better teams in the NHL um but I don't know necessarily the preseason has um caused me more concern than I had before camp opened
0: so do you think that they're a playoff team or uh, or no oh yeah yeah I'm okay. would pretty confident think they're a playoff team yep yeah, that's my thought as well uh pepper what do you think
2: uh, are, w- whether they're a playoff team or not, I mean, I, yes, I, I guess I'm concerned about how things started last season. You remember that it seemed like the caps were not blowing the doors off of everybody, but performing pretty well. And still they were in the wild card spot in the Metro. And there's talk about Columbus improving Carolina improving. And so couple that with the fact that the defense is going to be in flux for a while and we'll sort of see how it goes um it concerns me a little bit that we could see again a very very strong metro and the caps playing catch-up because they've been sort of so-so through the months of october and november but I, I think it's a playoff team and i mean i i don't i don't think they're going to win the metro i think they'll be somewhere in the middle of the pack and like I think we've talked about this offseason, that's probably good for them.
0: All right, guys, here we go. I'm going to mix it up on you. If the Capitals are out of a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, do they have a new coach entering December? Uh, starting with you, Pat.
1: Uh, hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty black and white thing that there's probably a gray area on. Um, but I'll just say, yeah, it, it would not surprise me if they got off to a slow start and it lasted until the end of November, yes, I would think they would have a new coach by then.
0: What about you, Stephen?
2: Yeah, I agree. And and I would even say that, that Troy Mann might get strong consideration depending really? on how many uh, Hershey Bears are playing for the Caps at that point. Maybe thinking about the Mike Sullivan experiment.
0: Well, I I, I have no faith in Troy Mann. I, I don't watch a ton of Bears games, but um, the bears have not been a great, like analytical team the last handful of years. We can say that's because their roster isn't the best, but hey, I'm uh, not
2: saying it's a good decision. Uh, I'm just saying that <laughs> sounds like something I would think the organ, I, I could see the organization doing that. This yeah. is sort of what I should say.
0: I, I just hope that's not the, the way they go just because I, I just don't have a lot of faith that he's kind of an innovative coach. And even you just listen to kind of stuff he says, he, he doesn't quite come across to me as a really uh, progressive guy. Um, you know, I, not that he's a Dale Hunter light or anything, but I don't want to see any more of that in Washington. And I, I am basing this off of not a ton of Troy man experience, but just what I've seen of that team and, and read about their kind of, uh, analytical based performance. But, uh, so, so Pepper, let, let's say things do, do go well. I'm coming back to you again, Pepper, just cause you know, Pat passed off last time. I wanted to ask him a question. Um, <laughs> w- would you be betting on Evgeny Kuznetsov fulfilling kind of his, uh, meeting his expectations this year because they got to be a lot higher on this kid he's now the second highest paid player on the team
2: um i mean does that mean he's going to put up numbers like like backstrom did last year i I think uh i think he could come close to that i think it's possible but it's going to depend on i mean if he's got a guy like jacob verano on his wing is is verano gonna finish and so it's hard to say. I mean, he doesn't have control over that. It's going to depend on how how uh, consistent and productive his wingers are. But I think he certainly has it in him.
1: Yeah, I'm confident that um, he will produce like a top line center, both he and Backstrom, really. Um, and you know, he he signed for the going rate of what a, a first line center in the NHL. Signs for these days. And, yeah, I'm confident whole will produce at that level.
0: You are conf- You guys are a bunch of confident guys right now. I don't know what, <laughs> how, I, how I feel about this. I mean, there's plenty I'm not confident about, but Kuznetsov is one of the things that I'm choosing to trust well, in. What are you not confident about? Let's, <laughs> I, I want to hear what that all, is.
1: All the defense we talked about earlier and the entire <laughs> bottom six we talked
0: about. <laughs> oh, so the stuff we already touched on. All right, very exciting. Right. <laughs> well, Pat, I mean, you're just you're just not giving me a lot to work with here, bud. I mean, tell what do you think about Ovechkin? The, the, uh, let, let's wrap this up here and let's wrap it up talking about the guy that, that's been the face of this franchise for God knows how many years now, uh, borderline 13 years or so. Um, he's older. Uh, he he doesn't have to be the center of the team. Steven talked about that earlier with Berkovsky, Kuznetsov and Verona really having to step up. Um, what do you think is going to happen, Pat? Do you think that Ovechkin's got enough in him to help lead a team uh, on another cup run, or, or do you think he's just going to have to be a 30-goal guy and just a, a good NHL player? Yeah,
1: I, I think the days of him being a superhuman force out there are probably over. Um, you know, we did say that about him, uh, I guess, during the like Hunter-type era when his um, goal totals – went down to the thirties and then he proved us all wrong, but he's a lot older now. Um, So yeah, I think, I think he can still be a guy who you can count on in your top six as a winger at five on five. And I think he's still going to be really lethal on the power play um, and still be, you know, I would be surprised if he didn't finish in the top 10 or top 20 in goals in the NHL. I'd be really surprised actually, if that didn't happen, which is still really good. And, you know, is going to be considered a leader of a team with those kind of goal totals um, but obviously i, I do think uh, it's going to be a far cry from what we saw from him um, during the prime of his career
0: now steven um, i want to get your talk, your take on ovechkin but i'm also curious what you think about Braden holpe i mean he's a guy who's got a lot of weight on his shoulders and he's really gonna to have to do a lot more this year because the capitals defense just simply isn't going to be as good so what are your thoughts about the uh, ovechkin and holpe
2: um, well, starting with Holby, I, I think that yeah, he definitely has more pressure on him. I'm not sure which way that cuts because he may be getting uh, he may be getting more shots, and that might be a good thing. Like he likes to talk about, and a lot of goaltenders will say that. Um, but but then the question is, well, what what kind of shots will he be facing? Um, you know, are we going to see more like? Um, you know, are we uh, were were the playoffs uh, against Toronto an anomaly, or is this something that might uh, still be in his head and might affect him if he starts facing uh, an inordinate number of high danger shots not that he's been used to in a while and uh, has some some early setbacks? Uh, will the uh, slight shuffling and the goaltending coaching affect him at all? Probably not. Um, I, I think that, it's um you know he might feel maybe a little bit less pressure given that philip grubauer is still in the fold and everyone thinks very highly of him um I know i i could imagine him getting uh slightly less work than he did last year but uh I, I think he's shown that he's been pretty consistent so i'm not really worried about him uh you know unless the the defense completely collapses which uh seems like we're all concerned about it, somewhat. <laughs> but I, I'm not too worried about him. About Ovechkin, I think he can get to forty goals. That would be, I would think, a great season for him. And like uh, you know, like has already been said, he's still very dangerous on the power play. I don't feel like he's the five on five threat that he used to be and it seems like every season we're kind of waiting for him to reinvent his game and, and train better. And, you know, everyone's desperate looking for reasons to, to latch onto as to why he's going to reinvent himself again. And and he did uh, under Adam Oates. Um, but uh, you know, that's like, like Pat said, it's been a while. So um, I, I think he can hit 40 goals. That would be, that would be probably, the upper limit i would i would predict for him this year
0: pat i'm going to give you one chance to talk about hope because um i you know i think goaltending is one of the great things in this game that uh we kind of allow to fly under the general analytical radar sometimes just because uh it's more fun to kind of talk about the team game because goalies are uh, i guess the expression is goalies are voodoo you know they're, they're something that we don't really seem <laughs> to be able to predict very well they're all over the place but uh brayden hope he's been good for a couple of years what do you think uh we're going to see from him
1: uh i mean I, I don't really have any concerns coming out of the playoffs even though he wasn't on top of this game um sure that always could be a point that we look back on as when you know hope he wasn't the same after this or something but as of now um you know the sample size is big enough that i have a lot of faith in him and if he has a big year he has the ability to cover up for a lot of other deficiencies on the team that we might be uh worried about uh existing this season
0: now guys i really appreciate both of you taking the time to come and record this podcast and uh i, I know that we're all pretty busy guys and hope uh we'll have both you guys on more as the uh you going to get started and we can kind of uh hopefully talk about a team that's pleasantly surprising us with all these great young talents <laughs> yeah thanks for having me on good talking to you guys yeah definitely uh steven you have any last words
2: no, man, but I'm optimistic. It's a uh, it's a preseason. Hope springs eternal, or something like that.
0: Oh, I'm Steven. excited. Oh, Steven. <laughs> what what a great attitude! All right, it's gonna guys. be a lot of fun. It I is gonna be a lot fun. Of unknown quantities. Yeah. Uh, I do like, the unknown is nice sometimes. Well, guys. Um, <laughs> I hope all of our listeners, uh, I'm sure most of you guys already follow us on iTunes or subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using. But five-star ratings and all that stuff or Facebook likes and Twitter shares really help us get the word out. So we really appreciate it and we look forward to giving you guys more content as the season really gets going. So on behalf of Steven Pepper, Pat Holden, and myself, thanks for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio.